finger from Percy. It's Wednesday night. It's podcast night. We got a really cool show tonight. It's very special, I know, for Percy. We have Percy's dad, Ronald Pendergrass, on with us tonight. Ronald, thanks for coming. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad you're here. So, Ronald got to see the Rolling Stones at Legion Field in 1965. By the way, it's the year I was born. Don't mean to make you feel old, but I wasn't even born yet. Okay. But that was the original classic Stones lineup. And as we were talking earlier in, in the pregame, you went to see, you wanted to go because the Beach Boys were on right, the ticket. Right. And they had several others on that ticket too, but it's sort of epic. So, we thought tonight we would do the Rolling Stones from the 1960s. And if anyone's a Rolling Stones fan, there's no way you can cover their whole career in one podcast in the top five. So we've broken them down by decade. This is our first one on the Stones. And Mr. Pendergrass, Ronald, we're glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. A lot of good music from the Stones out of the 60s. So it didn't have to be 65, just the 60s. Just the so, 60s. Yeah. And before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors, uh, Spices Smokehouse Crackers, Robert and Lynn. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the donation for the Party Tub of Crackers for our trivia question last week. And we want to shout out to Busted Oak, um, Wendy and Doug, always in our corner. We appreciate you guys. So with that being said, Ronald, you ready to get into this? Yes, sir. All Here right. Let's do it. This is going to be great. Percy, what are your honorable mentions for the 60s Rolling Stones? My first is probably a little unpopular here because it's not Mick singing on it. Okay. But it's You Got the Silver, yeah, which was on the Let It Bleed album. And they recorded a version with Mick, but opted to use Keith's version on the, uh, the Stones' last recording with Brian Jones. Right. And legend has it, Keith sang lead because Mick was in Australia filming Ned Kelly. Okay. And they didn't play it live for the first time until 1999 on the No Security Tour. And there's a great cover of this that I want to mention by Charlie Starr of Blackberry Smoke. Right. And the Band of Heathens. Okay. Uh, everybody should listen to that. Super. It's such a great... And anybody that knows Charlie Starr knows he can cover anything. He can do just about anything. Anything he wants to. That's my first one. Okay. And my second one was on their debut album, and it's a Buddy Holly cover, which in the early days, they did a decent amount of covers. Mm -hmm. And it's their version of Not Fade Away. That's a great song. Which has been covered by tons of people. And uh, it was originally recorded under his first and middle name buddies charles harden and it was the b-side of old boy and their first top 10 hit in the uk wow went to number three good stuff and my next one is probably not gonna wind out my covers but it was first recorded in 1957 by Slim, it was recorded by Slim Harpo in 1957, and made probably a, the most famous was by Muddy Waters, who recorded it in '81. But I think their version of the best, and it's "I'm a King Bee." Yeah, that's a great song. Because it goes back to their roots, and it's a straight up blues song. Didn't the Blues Brothers do that on SNL and B costumes? I don't think so. I, you don't think so? I think you're just imagining the bee costumes, but yeah, I, I know the so. skits you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. But in the heart 
of most British bands. I have imagination problems. And especially the Stones, they started out as blues. Yeah, they did. I mean, that's where they got their name from was Mick and Keith met each other passing on the street. And one of them had Muddy Waters' Rolling Stone album. And that's where they got their name from. Interesting. With the Rolling Stones. Yeah, they did, uh, like so many British bands, they they covered originally a lot of blues music and, and brought it to the USA, the British Invasion, with a, a different spin on it. So that's that. Somebody did. but That's my stuff. honorable mention. Those are good ones. All right, Ronald, I can't wait to hear what you got. <laughs> well, I got to start off with the same thing Michael had, not fade away. Okay, uh, that's fine. Buddy Holly and what y'all were talking about, you know, most of these these groups like the Beatles and the Stones were started off in clubs in London and was very poor and unpopular. And as you said, they re- recorded a lot of blues songs and, and songs from, from artists in the United States. And Buddy Holly was covered by several artists, Peter sure. Gordon and a number of artists. And so that was my number one, not fade away because it's, it's a good one. All right. So that's your first honorable yeah. mention. What's your next? My second one is time is on my side. Great song. Yeah. And that, was recorded first by a band for a jazz trombonist. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah that's what it was first recorded by a jazz band, and it was made for a jazz trombonist. How about that? And then the Stones covered it. Good deal. And then my third one is I can't get no satisfaction. Of course, it had to be on the well, list. The thing about that is that was one of their major hits early, mm-hmm. and they was a lot. Of radio stations that wouldn't play it because they thought it had a bad connotation. Yes. No, can't get no satisfaction. Yeah, in the 60s, yeah. that was a little yeah. borderline. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of radio stations, including a lot around here, that, that we could get. That You know, they wouldn't even play it because Oh, of I guarantee here in the Deep South, that yeah. was that was one. Yes, sir. Like, no, we're not playing that. No. All right. Those are great honorable mentions. I want to ask you, what was the concert like at Legion Field in 65? Pandemonium. <laughs> Packed. Yes, sir. Packed and as as like I told you before, you see a lot of these these old films of screaming girls, you know, on the Ed Sullivan show or something, right. jumping up and down, right. and hollering and crying. It was just that way. Teenage girls going crazy and everything. Well, what a lifetime memory that has to be for you. Oh yes, it is. It yeah. is. I had had the pleasure of seeing them twice, but. Not in '65. First time I saw him with, was with the original. Yeah, but with, yeah, that's the original lineup. That's, that's the King Stones, right? Well, there. see, I believe that y'all can know more than I do. You probably correct me. The Beatles came over in what '63. I, I think that's right. I believe that's the first mm-hmm. time they came over, and then after that, these uh, yeah, you English had, groups started getting popular, and then you, you know, had the Who come over, over and the Stones, and mm-hmm. I always thought the Stones were sort of the bad boy Beatles, if yeah. you were the you know, sort of the, the rough guy. They were. The, the Beatles were like the clean cut, okay. the Yeah, that more pop, and the Stones came mom over. Didn't like, mom didn't mind you listening to them and all the stuff, and then... Yeah. They were yeah. the probably the original bad boys. Yeah, they were. But say so you were mentioning, we were talking about Buddy Holly, that was the first time that rock and roll, so to speak, had ever been recorded, Buddy Holly, and, you know, there was people up in arms with him because of the music he did. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know, maybe that's something to carry over to some of these English groups I, that they wanted to get in. The I, they wanted I to get believe in that thoroughly. I think Buddy Holly kick-started, had a, a part in that kick-start of the British invasion. Well, Buddy Holly was the biggest influence on the greatest country outlaw to ever walk the planet. 
Yeah. And that's Waylon Jennings. How about that? Yeah. Well, he was he wasn't a cricket, but he played with Buddy Holly. Had to learn how to play bass, but anyway. In two weeks, he had yeah. to learn all Buddy's songs on bass. Yeah. All right, well, back to the Stones. My honorable mentions. My first one we had mentioned before, and I love the song. It's from 1966. It's Mother's Little Helper. And sounds like a cool song, but it's all about mom taking a Valium to get through the day, to get through with her kids and her husband and all that. But uh, good song. That's well, and they, they wrote it about railing against stuff like that, and they yeah. turned into the opposite of that. They sure did. They sure did. All right, my next honorable mention is Under My Thumb. From 1966, um, it's a great song, one of my favorites. And my last honorable mention is Ruby Tuesday, came out in '67. So started it was hard to make this list actually when yeah. you look at all the stuff they started did. a chain of restaurants. It sure did start the uh, Ruby Tuesday chain. Well, at least the title or the name of the yeah. restaurant. So, all right, so we're starting at five now and going around. Percy, okay. what's your number five? My number five was on our, my number one by a different person on our songs recorded in Alabama. Okay. And it, Arthur Alexander from Sheffield, Alabama, wrote this song and recorded it at Fame. And it was their first, <coughs> one of their first hits. And it was You Better Move Better On. Better Move On, yeah. And it's more laid back and not bluesy, more of. And you know, when you listen to the Stones songs from the 60s, Mick still had the same voice, but you could tell it was a really young British voice. And with the accent seemed to be a little bit heavier, and especially in that song right there. Well, and the, before that, Keith tells this story where it was like maybe like a couple months earlier, the Beatles had recorded an Arthur Alexander song. Okay. And that, that was kind of kind of got them thinking, hey, we want to go over right. there and record. And later on, they went to record Sticky Fingers there. Yep. That, at the Shoals Fame Studio. Good number five. Ronald, what's your number five? I got my number five is The Last Time. That's a great song. It is. It's a good song. And But that is was more like, how can I put it, a normal band song. Yes. It was not like some of their songs. It was just a normal, right. easygoing band song. Yeah, it was their, It was one of their like pop yeah, hits. Right. Yeah, radio friendly too. Right. Yeah, good. All right, my number five, it's a classic Rolling Stones song, and it's Sympathy for the Devil, came out in 1968. Can't believe that song came out in 68. It's still and so that's You know, that song took a lot of heat, people sure calling them devil worshipers, mm-hmm. but Mick said all along that this song was about when the bad things happened in the world, that the devil was there. Yeah, when all the bad stuff happened, that's what he was trying to point Pretty out. Pretty much, and there's there's different little storylines within that song that, you know, if you put two and two together, you can figure out what what they're sort of talking about. And it was different world events over time. Yes. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, that's my number five, Percy. What is your number four? My number four is probably their most notable of somebody singing background, and it's "Give Me Shelter." That's a great one. Yeah. And Mary Clayton sang background vocals on it. Made the song. And in 1963, she released the version of It's In His Kiss, the first version of it. Okay. That. I didn't realize that was the same person. Which That was the first version of it, It's In His Kiss that Mary Clayton, she released that. Very interesting. And, you know, the first person that they wanted, that they asked to do the background vocals? No. I called her the queen of southern rock, and that's Bonnie Bramlett. Oh, 
I didn't know that. And Delaney said, no, you wow. can't do that. Bad choice. Later on, we figured out what an ass Delaney was mm-hmm. and how he treated her, but he told her no, that she couldn't. Mm-hmm. How about that? And I, this is a side note here, but our friend Jim Harris. Yes. That does the. Uh, Southern Rock show. Yes, his podcast, he did an episode where he interviewed uh Bonnie, Bonnie. and mm-hmm. I, you need to go listen to that. She's got a great story about Janice Joplin. Yeah, yeah. Jim's got a good podcast too. We uh, we appreciate it. So, all right, Ronald, what you got? Got jumping jack flag. Yes, <laughs> it's a gas, gas, gas. Yes, that guitar riff. Yeah, you you know yeah. the song yeah. right when you hear that yeah, riff, don't you? That, it makes that song. And I've heard a lot of people say that that was described as when the stone got back to being funky. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Mick doing that big chicken walk strut. Yeah, oh again. yeah, the, yeah. The cocksure strut. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> With his shirt off. Yeah, it's, it's like, come on, man. All right, good selection. My number four. Uh, Percy will appreciate this one. It's from 1966, and it's painted black. Yeah. Did I steal some thunder there? No, you didn't really steal my thunder, but I'm. A, I've got a little tidbit I'm gonna save about that. For what? Okay. For, for later. later on. Okay. All right, it's nitty-gritty time then. What's number three? My number three is another one that the opening lead vocals are done by Keith, and it's Salt of the Earth. I haven't thought of that song in a long time. It was inspired by John Lennon, and they wanted to make kind of a working-class anthem. And the uh, the background on that was sang by the Los Angeles Watts Street Gospel Choir. Okay. It's okay. Well, you know you got sinus problems. You can go ahead yeah, and sneeze. I almost sneezed on air. It's cool. And he just does the opening to that. And Keith, don't get me wrong, is horrible nowadays. Too many cigarettes. And, yeah. But back then, his voice was was not bad. No, it wasn't. And, you know, if you, if you look back, uh, Keith and Mick did a lot of singing. You know, he was sort of the backup singer. Um, the last time I saw him in Atlanta, Keith sang... Uh, the song he sang was Happy. Yeah, and he still did a pretty good job with it. Because Keith showed up at uh, Willie Nelson's 90th birthday, and they sang uh, a song that nobody sings better than Waylon, but they did We Had It All, which okay. Willie had recorded a couple of times. And that We Had It All was on the, the Stones' uh, Some Girls album that was in the, That's a great album. In the 70s. Yeah. We'll have to do the 70 Stones. Ronald, you want to come back and do the 70 Stones when we get there? Sure. That sounds great. I'm in. Awesome. You're going to be our new Stones guy. Okay. 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 All right. Well, what's your number three? You can't always get what you want. Boom. Now, it's my understanding that originally Mitch Jagger developed that on an acoustic guitar. Okay. To start with. And then it's involved in some really iconic music after that. It. You can't always get what you want. It's up there at the level of Hotel California, Stairway to Heaven. It's it's one of their opus yeah. hits, for and sure. And it's a lot of good advice yeah, in the course of that sure song. Is. I mean, you know, ask Mr. Jimmy. So, all right. My number three is from 1969, Honky Tonk Women. I got you, didn't I, Ronald? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. We first got me earlier, so I knew with this we were going to have some crossover. So... I remember 89, Legion Field, Steel Wheels Tour. Their first song was Honky Tonk Women. And they had these two um, inflatable women 
honky-tonk women that they had to be uh, 40 feet tall. And they just inflated them right before they opened up with that riff. And it was like, nice, you can't beat that. So. That's one of those when you hear it, you know, I mean, you just, the first yeah. chord, you know what it is. Yep. You're ready to go. You're ready to go. They have so many songs like that yeah. where the opening riff, you know what the that song is. Keith could make a, a riff. Yeah, he was the king of riffs. Now, he might have to go hide in the toilet. Yeah, and fame studio to write wild Muscle Shoals sound. Yeah. And, and what, we've been there. Yep. And it's basically, if somebody had to go to the John, you stop recording. Yeah. Because it's right in the middle of the studio. Yeah, too. Yeah. And Keith just locked himself in there. Yep. And wrote Wild Horses. Interesting story. And they've got the original toilet seat hanging up on the wall there somewhere. So. I wonder how many of these rock groups of people wrote songs in the toilets. Well, that, like that. I, I read a several of them doing that, you know. Sometimes you get your best thoughts where you just... Yeah, in, in the bathroom. Come to them and you don't yeah. have to write it down. <laughs> All right, so that's our, our threes. So we're turning the corner. Number two, Percy, what you got? My number two is off the Let It Bleed album, and it's Country Honk. I haven't heard that in forever. It's it's basically the country version of Honky Tonk Women. Woman. And Keith said that it was how Honky Tonk Women was originally written. And Byron Berlin played fiddle and said that Graham Parsons was the reason that he got the job to play on that album. Okay. And that's a fun fact. You know, it's to me, I, I lean, we always tell everybody I'm a little bit country. And I'm a little bit rock and roll. And that's, that makes me Donnie and you are Marie. I mean, when it comes down well, to Well, whatever that. makes you feel better. It does right now. Okay. It does make me feel good. But, uh, it don't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you got your raised son over yeah. here. He's been Marie all these years. <laughs> Just in his mind. And believe me, his mind is feeble. Yeah, it's, I know. it's pretty broke up. But it's amazing how not many people can take a song and make two different versions of it, and it'd be great. True. Clapton did it with Layla. Yep. Not many people can do that, but this is an excellent version of Let It Bleed. That's good. Good one. All right, Ronald, what's your number two? Can't wait. Let's spend the night together. That's a good song. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, it, oh, in the early 70s, David Bowie recorded that again. Recorded I, I that, think and, that's and correct. He made a, and he made a major hit out of it, too. I yeah. Think. Yeah, him and him and Mick were huge yeah. friends. Yeah, in and, and a video, they they were a little too friendly. That was the worst, one of the worst videos besides Steve Miller's Abracadabra that I've ever seen. Yeah, that was just yeah too yeah. friendly. Yeah, total eighties coming out <laughs> on that one. All right, my number two's already been mentioned. It's worth another one. It's so good. It's you can't always get what you want. Nineteen sixty nine, epic song. All right, we're down to number one. Ronald, I can't wait till we get to yours. <laughs> Percy, what you got? My number one has already been mentioned, and it's Painted Black. I knew I'd see From 1966. And I don't know if, if my dad remembers this, but in the 1980s, we used to sit at home and watch a TV show that was called, it was about Vietnam, that was called Tour of Duty. That's right. And in yep. the first season, they used Painted Black. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I ever heard that song. And the, after that first season, the Stones pretty much gave them a cease and desist. Yeah. And I think even now, if you buy the DVDs, it's been removed from the first season. 
I think that was a bad call from the Stones. They would have sold even more if they if they could have got some royalties out of it. I'm sure they would. Well, I think even it was a bad call because even if they didn't get any, it would have sold. It would have sold more. But how many of these TV shows and movies now and all are using these songs? Not just the Stones necessarily, but all these rock songs Absolutely. and older songs. You don't see them using any of this funky stuff that's going on now, but no. these old songs from back in the 60s and the 70s, they're associated with a lot of TVs and movies. And commercials. Even commercials. And everything. everything. Well, right. It's just proof positive from those decades created the best rock and roll. And 60s they and 70s. Paint yeah, It Black forever. was used this year because Amazon Prime had the first black Friday mm-hmm. NFL football game. And in the commercials leading up to that, they use Paint It Black. It's a great song. All right. Where are we at, Ronald? Number that- one. You've already said it. Honky Tonk Woman. Honky Tonk Woman. <laughs> That's just something about that song. Like I said, when it when it starts and it and that first riff comes on, I yeah. know what it is. Yeah. and Turn it up. Yeah, turn it up. I'm ready and to hear it. The people that have recorded that song, Waylon recorded that song. Albert King recorded that song, which is a great version. People should go listen to that. Right. So many people have recorded that song. But there is no cover better than that original from the Stones. No. So people have covered some Stones songs, and there's some artists where if they cover your music, they make it their own. Yeah, well, like you Johnny. Can't... Johnny would take your song. Yeah. It's a good thing Johnny didn't do it. <laughs> I know. He might have been the only one, but... You couldn't take a Stones song and make it better than what the Stones did. So, my number one has already been mentioned, but I love the song, 1969, Gimme Shelter. I just Those background vocals on that song. It's just, just, it's it's great. It's my favorite, maybe my favorite Stones song, period, is Gimme Shelter. So, all right, we had a good, good choices. All right, now we're going to get into, we have a, an email pick this year from our good. This week. This week, I'm sorry. It's I've been through a lot. This, we're still this in this year. We're still in this year, though. <laughs> yeah, this year, this week, uh, Phil McClendon, our good buddy Phil, that came on and did uh, the boss with us, has picked um, "Tears Go By." So good selection. So did we Great get that song. right. Yes. Okay. Great song. All right. Now we're down to Percy's pick. This week, I'm kind of segueing into our episode next week. Okay, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But it, earlier this year, there was a, a album, CD, whatever, came out called Stone Country. And country artists did Rolling Stone songs. Okay. And a modern country artist, Lainey Wilson, recorded You Can't Always Get What You Want. Okay. And... It's got your, your approval. And she she does a good job with that song. All right. I like her. Several good songs on that album. Marcus King does a great yeah, I like Marcus song King on that album. album. Well, I have checked that out. And that's a good segue. You'll that get to that. That is a good segue because next week we've got Barry and Holly coming on from WQSB. Uh, we're, it might not, it's not going to be on a Wednesday night next week. We're going to choose an alternate night. But the next, the soonest next morning after... Uh, Percy and I are going on the air at WQSB, uh, but next week with Molly, uh, Holly and Barry, we are going to do Year in Review Country Music 2023. And so. this time it's my fault. Usually it's your fault that we can't do a Wednesday. Yeah, this time it's your fault. This time it's my fault because me 
and one of our good listeners, Brian Long, will be in Huntsville at the Rocket City Classic for Auburn's yeah. basketball game. Yeah, we're going to give you a pass on that. But, I appreciate uh, that. Yeah, anything for you, pal. So, Ronald, we appreciate you coming. Yes, sir. We're going to have you back. You had some good stuff. Can't believe you saw the Stones in 65. <laughs> That's as epic as it gets in my book. And thanks, Wilkie, for being here always. We appreciate you very, very much. And all I got to say is bye-bye.